What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Colin. It is Monday night, and it's time for you to grab your coffee or your tea or your adult beverage. You know, my next guest is uh, he's got his own alcohol company, which we're going to be talking about. And I'm so excited because this guy's one of my favorite actors out there. He is a legitimate, true artist. And, you know, the reason why I created this show for those of you who are first time watchers is because I wrote this little book last year and this book agile artist is all about why, why we are pursuing our dreams. You know, the things that we care about in life, uh, there's certain things that, you know, just kind of itch at us and, and kind of have that, you know, our calling towards us. And sometimes we don't always heed that calling. And it, this book was all about the things in my life that were the motivation for me to go out to Hollywood and pursue this crazy idea of becoming an actor. And growing up, you know, watching Tom Cruise and uh, Tom Cruise and Top Gun and and uh, Brad Pitt, it was like, man, that's something that would be really cool to do. But growing up outside of Chicago, I was always kind of like, well, you know what? That's just for that's for other people. That's like in a whole new world. And after you know, living across from the World Trade Center and seeing people literally facing death. It got very, the life got, well, life got very clear for me in terms of deciding what was important to me. And I think sometimes we take for granted what is important to us. And, you know, with Thanksgiving having just passed in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I think it's important to sometimes just stop, take a, a step back and realize what we're grateful for in life. And sometimes when we stop and take a look at what we're grateful for, we realize we really have more than what we, what we sometimes think that we do have. And uh, I just want to say thank you for everyone who's been watching the show and for Remix for uh, producing the show. And thank you to everyone who joined me earlier because I've got some really good questions for my next guest. And uh, I just want to say thank you to this my next guest, because he's got uh, quite a resume. You may have seen him on The Shield. You may have seen him on Sons of Anarchy, Justified. He's also been in Django Unchained by his principles. He's on the hit CBS show called The Unicorn. And he's got a, an amazing movie out now called Fat Man with Mel Gibson. And that movie was produced by, really good, by my really good friend, Todd Courtney. It was recently in theaters, and now it is available on Apple and Amazon for download. So be sure to check that movie out. And after talking to my next guest, you guys are definitely going to want to check it out. So without further ado, I would love to bring onto the screen Mr. Walton Goggins. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together. Hey, everybody. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Your, your lighting is much better than mine. I feel like I'm in a horror movie right now, but I that's like right. it. It's all right. A little got, moody. Kind yeah, of, you got the intimate setting going on there. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. Yeah. Good to be Colin. Good to see yeah. you. Well, welcome to my living room. <laughs> welcome to my office. Nice. Where's your office at? Where are you at? Yeah, we live in Los Angeles and, uh, and you know, I've been out here like uh, a, a long time now, uh, but but it's home. You know, it's weird. I mean, I've probably lived here well, I was 19 uh, when I when I came to L.A. from from Georgia. And um, and so, uh, you know, I'm 49 now, so I've been out here for 30 years. But, you know, when you look back on it over the course of kind of uh, those last 30 years, I've probably only been here 12 out of those 30, you know, because you've, you've been on the road. And, um, but it's, but it's home and, and it's been home for a long time. And, and, um, and it's, it's good to look out 
uh, to look at it outside of an airplane window when you're heading back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I I was uh, just chatting with you briefly before the show started. And I mentioned that I was out in uh, Los Angeles and New York for, for 20 years. And uh, I recently came back to Chicago and I just want to, you know, just got to give you a lot of credit because, you know, um, you know, in my book, I talk about just, you know, what it really is like, what it takes to be an actor. I mean, I think sometimes people don't really truly appreciate or understand how difficult it is to, to get onto a TV show. And you've been like, just consistently being on, you know, show after show after show. So, you know, this, this, you know, show that I'm doing here is all about just sharing with my audience uh, some of the, the reasons why you wanted to become an actor and uh, some of the challenges you faced. So, um, you know, you know well, I, you know, I, it's, it's funny. I, you know, I, I hear you say that and just to kind of add to that definition, you know, um, I just, you know, I applaud anyone who decides to do anything. <laughs> I mean, really, you know what I mean? There, there are so many different, so many different dif disciplines, so many different outlets for, for not just for creativity, but just for living one's life. You know, I mean, I got a really good friend of mine who is a landscape architect and, and he went out and learned how to become a landscape architect. I got a buddy who's a pilot. He went out and did the work to, to become a, a pilot because that's what he loved. And, uh, you know, whenever you step outside of your lane, right, or the lane that was built for you, at least through your perceptions mm -hmm. um, as a young child, and, and, and you try to do something different, um, I, I don't know how you can ever criticize that. I don't know that there's ever failure in, in, in any of that. And that's not some kind of trite, like, put me in, coach, or you get an A-plus for trying. No, man, yeah. you get an A-plus for living, really. And, uh, you know, regardless of, uh, you, know, you know, however you measure your own success, right? Um, I, I don't really measure my success by other people's standards. I measure it by my own. And, um, and that's kind of, that's, you know, that's the key to this, this life, isn't it? I mean, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, and, and, and you bring up a good point about, you know, success, because I think some people, you know, unfortunately are living life in survival mode and then other oh, people God, no. yeah. somehow crack that code and actually are living what in their mind is their ideal of what success means. So I guess yeah. my question to you is what is your personal definition of success? You know, that's a, that's a, it's such a great question. Uh, you know, forgive me if I, if I, if I don't have a, like a, like a, a single word, you know, um, I, it's meant, it's meant different things to me as I've gotten older, mm -hmm. you know, success in my twenties meant something very different to me than it did in my thirties. And, and which means something very different to me in, in my forties. Um, but, but initially, you know, other than telling stories and I always wanted to be a storyteller, um, I, I really wanted to see the world, you know, I mean, I came from very humble beginnings, you know, as a poor kid, uh, growing up, growing up in uh, a little suburb outside of Atlanta, Georgia. It was a country back then, and um, pretty uh, unconventional kind of um, uh, childhood uh, with my mom and all her sisters and a bunch of crazy characters. You know, it was extraordinary, really. Um, but I, I, you know, we didn't have the money. You know, like for us to go on vacation, it was Panama City Beach, and which was awesome. And it was, you know, if we had money for a hotel room, that was great. If not, it was in a tent and that was just as good. Um, but I, wow. I, I really wanted to see the world. You know, I, I really wanted to understand 
uh, the way people uh, were, were thinking um, and worlds kind of beyond my own. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to look at it with my own eyes and I wanted to taste it and feel it. And, um, and so, you know, now um, you know, I've been able to do that. I've been able to do that through work, mm-hmm. uh, which has been extraordinary. And, um, and I, and I also spend a fair amount of time traveling, you know, on my own, you know, with, 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 with no money or with a lot of money, it doesn't really matter. You know, it doesn't take much to get a, an, an airplane ticket somewhere and to just kind of get lost for a while. And so, uh, um, that was very important to me in my, in my early twenties and, and then being a good storyteller, you know, like learning, understanding what it was I was asking myself to do. I never really care about like, uh, I want to be famous, you know, <laughs> or like, I want, I want people to see what I do. I, I never even get, thought about people seeing what I, I, I have done really. I just wanted to be good at it with the people that I was around. Yeah. And, um, you know, and luckily for me, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of eyeballs on me early on and I was able to just kind of, you know, I, I was in class for, you know, the better part of a decade and, and just work with, uh, you know, some of my heroes, a lot of my heroes and, and just, um, just learn kind of a, along the way, you know, it's like, what's that Malcolm Gladwell book, you know, where you, you have to put in 10,000 hours, regardless of what you do. You know, if you're a plumber, you have to put in 10,000 hours to be able to walk into a house and say, yeah, this is not a problem. I can do yeah. this. And um, and I think that's the same for, for our discipline. Yeah. When my first acting teacher in New York City, she literally said when we were sitting there, she said, uh, you know, you guys are all here now. And you know, this is this is this is not just an art, but this is this is a business. And if you guys want to become professional actors, it's going to take you 10 years to become a working actor. And it's going to take right. you 20 years to become a good working actor. And if you're not ready to put in the work right now, there's the door. And so right, right away, she set that that tone for what it takes to be an actor. And she was serious. And, yeah. and that's what I liked about it. And what I loved about uh, acting coming from where I grew up in outside here in the Midwest where men aren't necessarily encouraged to show their emotions. When I was in acting class, it was like, show us, get mad, get angry, cry. And it was like, bah. And like for the first time in my life, I felt like I could just tap into all of that suppressed emotion that I was holding down and just let it out. It was so cathartic. And, uh, and that's when I fell in love with it because that's acting was not something that I grew up wanting to do because I was so introverted and shy um, so was acting something you wanted to do from a very early age? <clears throat> you know, I, 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 yes and no. I mean, I suppose, you know, I, my, my aunt and, um, and uncle were, were both actors like, uh, on stage. So I grew up kind of watching them, you know, and, um, and I, you know, I, I come from a place, I mean, I think there are great storytellers anywhere, but you know, in the South, you know, front porch culture, front porch culture is a real thing. And, uh, you know, we didn't watch a lot of television growing up. You know, we sat on the on the stoop and are on our porch and, and told stories. And, you know, I was a great listener. I was always a really good listener because the people around me were so entertaining. Um, and 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 yeah, I, I suppose like, you know, watching my aunt and uncle on, on the stage really kind of uh, made me want to explore, explore that. Mm-hmm. And it was only, you know, when I when I got a little older. And because uh, the first time I saw them on stage was when I was six years old, so I grew up kind of watching them on stage. But when I, when I really kind of started studying in earnest back home, um, I, I was very similar to your experience. Um, it was so, it was so freeing, really. It was so yeah. cathartic 
and um, and I and I got so much from from the experience, and you know that's that's never left me, really. I mean, it's like thirty five years into it for for me. Uh, I really kind of started when I was fourteen, and um and I get just as much out of it today as I did, you know, thirty five years ago. I'm I'm tired. <laughs> you get tired, you know, after like uh, an, an 85 hour week, you know. But uh, but I I I love it. Yeah, I really I really love it. Yeah. So you came out to Hollywood when you were 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, it's a different time, you, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're just like, hey, screw it. I'm just gonna give it a shot. I mean, did you have any? Did you know anyone out there? Did you have an agent, or were you just like, hey, I'm just gonna go see what See what happens. You know, it's, I, I told this uh, story on, on Marin and uh, on Mark's show, and and it's and it's true. You know, I was, I was in college, and and I, I was uh, you know I started school early, you know early. However, they kind of would mark kind of on the calendar. So I graduated high school when I was seventeen, and um and I went to school and um in um Statesboro, Georgia, Georgia Southern, a small small school um, down in South Georgia. On my way to what I thought would be like a career in politics, like I really just I was poor and I just wanted to wear a suit every day and uh, and wanted to look sharp and and uh, and help my family, you know, really and, and do something that stimulated me. And I for some reason, I thought that, you know, that would be in law or, or politics. I, I don't know, you know, and uh, and, you know, a year into it, I was always a really good student um, um, and, and just kind of like took care of that that part of my life, you know, from the time I was young. And, uh, and I got a, um, I, an invitation in the mail from American Express. Uh, and, and to, to get a card, basically, if you will get your ass in debt, like take this card and go into <laughs> debt. Uh, we will, uh, you chump, uh, we'll give you a ticket um, for $99 round trip east of the Mississippi or $199 west of the Mississippi. And, and I saw it, you know, uh, not as an opportunity to, to go buy a bunch of fucking televisions, <laughs> you know, yeah. I saw it as an opportunity to get out. Like that yeah. was my ticket out because back then, you know, a round trip ticket was like $900. <clears throat> and I'd been working, you know, uh, as an actor, like, like before, before, before college. And, um, and so, uh, when this kind of came in the mail, I got the card, I got the, the vouchers and um, never charged anything on the card, and um, and then finished out that freshman year, and then I I took off and I left, and uh, no, I <clears throat> I knew no one. Um, I was lucky in the sense that you know I had a manager in Atlanta who's still a, a very good friend of mine, an old friend of mine, a woman by the name of Shay Griffin, mm -hmm. and um, and she knew some some people out here, and um, and uh, but but no, I didn't know anyone else, and and oddly enough, I had met this <clears throat> met this woman who was a, a manager on this show that I was doing, uh, whatever that means, she's a manager. And, and, uh, and, and she said, well, you're, you're coming. Well, I'll pick you up at the airport. And her husband picked me up at the airport. And, uh, and, and, it, and after kind of getting me to her house, she said, you, you got to sign this piece of paper. I said, well, I just got here, you know? And <laughs> she said, well, you know, take him out and show him Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> and I did that and came back and she said, Hey, you got to sign this piece of paper. And I said, you know, look, I mean, I may have born it. I may, I may have been born at night, but I wasn't born last night. You know, I don't, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> signing anything. I don't really even know you. And she yeah. said, well, then you're gonna have to leave my house. You know, you got to leave. 
And, um, and I, uh, I said, well, can I at least spend the night, you know, cause it's like 11 o'clock at night that I'll leave first. She said, first thing in the morning, be gone. And so I did that, you know, woke up at like six in the morning and, and packed my stuff, had my stuff packed and just walked out and sat on poinsettia actually not too far from where I live here in Hollywood. And, um, and just took all my bags to an audition that I had at like 10 30 in the morning and i got there at 6 30 so it's just waiting <laughs> for like 6 30 to 10 30 and that began my journey you know that began my journey wow i mean that's that's truly humble beginnings and then when was it before you earned your first job before you booked your your first audition <clears throat> you know i was i was i was lucky man i got a um uh, because i had been working in 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 atlanta uh, before that you know i got an agent pretty quick and um and then i i i got my first gig you know i billy billy crystal gave me my first job and it wow. was a a movie that he was directing and i was uh, uh mr saturday night actually and I, I he cast me as uh as nervous kid as like <laughs> nervous, nervous kid and um and i didn't you know it didn't make the movie but but he put it on the um dvd you know and i you know i really didn't know what i was doing i mean it was billy crystal you know and uh and um and then i saw him i don't know maybe like eight or nine years ago to play in new york he said i gave you your start i gave you your start did he don't remember you oh uh, yeah he <laughs> sure did yeah he's a very uh, wonderful wonderful man yeah but um but i i've been very lucky you know in the sense that you know i i started working uh oh i think you're muted walt There we are. Guess there what? Are. This is what this guy didn't plug these guys in. <laughs> That's all right. So, well, here we are. Uh, great. One of them died, then the other one died. Better. Um, so yeah, I uh, uh, I was I was very lucky, kind of in that sense. But but I uh, you know I started studying kind of right away um, as soon as I got here, and um, and even when I could have afforded really to to kind of live off what I was making, you know, I I, I never stopped doing my day job and that changed, you know, over time. I mean, I, I started a Valley parking company, um, right when I, when I first moved to Los Angeles, you started uh, a Valley parking company. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I worked at LA fitness, this, this gym here in LA. And, and the only job that I could get really anywhere was opening this gym from 6am to 9am. They would only give me three hours and, you know, it was like four fifty an hour or what, you know, whatever it was. And yeah. I just kind of did that and then begged them to let me sell memberships and, and then I did that. I did really well at that. And then I, I quit that and started a Valley parking company because I, I couldn't work in a restaurant. You know, I'm not good at people telling me what to do. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, and then that was kind of it, you know, and then after that I sold cowboy boots and, and there was a trainer in the gym and um, like all the way up, like, like throughout all of my early uh, days, like in my early days in my career, up until I did this movie called the apostle, with 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 Bob Duvall and um, you know that was I just I just worked and I kept everything that I made you know um, uh, from from telling stories uh, you know I put that away I put it away and then I um, just kind of lived off whatever I made from the, from the jobs I did. Yeah. So the one thing that I found really interesting with acting is that you go to acting class and you learn the craft of acting and you learn you know how to emote how to you know do different accents and that sort of thing. But it wasn't until I took a class, it was called the business of acting at UCLA Extension, where the teacher had us think of 
acting in the sense of looking at it as you're the CEO of your own company as Colin Egglesfield or Walton Goggins Incorporated. And it really started to make sense to me in the sense that I realized I didn't have a plan. I mean, I was going to acting class, but I didn't really have a plan with regards to where I saw myself, you know, in the next six months or a year. Did Mm -hmm. you have someone that helped you create that plan? Have you ever believed in like manifestation or um, goal setting with regards to where you saw yourself in the future? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely, you know, believe in manifestation and 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 thinking about. Um, I don't know. I think the only, the, you know, the only way that you can think about the future is to stand in the presence, in the present, you know, and and to fully kind of inhabit the present. Uh, and and if you're if you're grounded kind of in that moment, then you can really start to visualize the future. And with, without that grounding. You know that you know you can talk about a year plan or a five-year plan, and 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 that just won't resonate on the on the same level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, I suppose like for, for my my path, the only thing that I think that a person can be obsessed with, like I think it can start out here, and you have a you know a five-year plan or a ten-year plan or a twenty-year plan, and you look at your life and they, I, you know, I want to do this. Um, but the only way to do this is to be fully present in whatever it is that you're doing. And, and, um, and I, and so, uh, you know, from the very first thing that, you know, I've ever done here and with the things that I've kind of done in my life, I've just taken it one brick at a time and tried to, to lay that brick as best as I possibly uh, could, you know, and then to kind of build that foundation. Um, and, and I think it, it is, you know, there, there is a, there is a business to this business, just like there's a business to, to any business. I've never been um, Machiavellian in the sense that I don't know how to network. You know, that's never been my strong suit. I've never tried to put myself in the right room to meet the right person. Um, I've just tried to keep my mind clear and um, and know what it is that I'm asking myself to do and uh, and 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 have faith and believe that the, the rest will kind of work itself out. If that makes if that makes sense. Yeah. No, you, you make a good point with just being in the present moment because I think it's very easy for us to get in our heads and worry about where we're gonna be and what our future is gonna be and, and when the next paycheck is is coming in. And you know, I um I took a, a meditation course right before I uh, started on the reboot of Melrose Place. Yeah. The reason why I took that Really? Wow. Yeah. Was because when I booked that show, it was after I had been killed off of children and I was like, Oh crap. Now what am I going to do? And, you know, just went back into that whole, you know, okay, what do I want to manifest and started, you know, visualizing what I wanted to create and boom, Melrose place comes along. And what started to freak me out was people kept saying, you know, I, me personally, I was I was cool with that. I was like, all right, great, let's go, let's rock and roll. And then people kept saying, Oh my god, Melrose Place, man. The the last one was on air for seven years. You're gonna be like this big, you're gonna be you know a millionaire. And look at those houses yeah. up in the hills. Which yeah. one do you want? And what color Ferrari are you gonna buy? And then it all started going into my head to the point right. where I was like, Holy crap. Uh and so I literally started to just get anxiety over like, okay, now I've got to live up to this expectation. Yeah. And 
the meditation really helped me just get present, like you were saying, back to what is real and yeah. what is present. Like what is here now and what is my job? I need to just show up on set, do my lines, pay attention to the, the actor in front of me um, and just and do my job. And yeah. I think that's, that's yeah. one of the most important things we can focus on is just doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I think, yeah, with, with, with any of those things, it's like, uh, you know, kind of, uh, first and foremost, I'm a firm believer in, in living like, you know, a couple of levels below your means. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I was raised a lot by my, my grandfather who was, uh, you know, a, a teenager during the great depression, you know, mm. and, uh, and, and that was, you know, kind of his, his philosophy. And it's like, just be grateful for the things that you have, you know, yeah. really. And, um, you know, and ask yourself really kind of like mine, like your expectations for, for what is really, what's really important to you, you know, what, what really matters to you. You know, my, my, someone very important in my life um, gave me a piece of advice that has like, served me better than, than almost anything that I've gotten. And that is um, uh, you, you, you can have it all, but you can't have everything. And it's like, so what, what does that mean to you? You know, what, what is, you know, for me, it means a couple of different things. It's uh, spending quality time with my child. You know, that's non-negotiable for me. Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, my, and my family and my, my wife and, uh, and travel um, is kind of non-negotiable for me, like in whatever way I need to make that, that happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and, and having the time um, uh, to fully kind of, uh, explore what it is that I want to give the director. You know, I don't, I, I don't do like a job that's just kind of like offered in the last, like the last minute, you know, or something like that. Cause I did that. Right. You, yeah. you, you do that. Those are steps. Right. So you get to the point where it's like, well, no, now, you know, I, I want to take some time because I have something to say. And if I don't have anything to say or anything to kind of offer you to make your story better, then, you know, why am I, why am I here? And, and I think it come from, from that place in your, in your heart, as an artist, whatever you do, um, that uh, that you 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 you'll meet with faith or with success, unexpected in common hours, right? I mean, that's the road. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, did you always have that just belief in yourself that you you were you would just knew how to follow your instincts, or when you were new to Hollywood and you wanted, you know, obviously you go out to Hollywood, you want to get on a TV show, you want to book a movie, yeah did you find yourself trying to conform to what you thought would make you fit in and make you get the role? Or did you always stand firm with who you were and said, you know what, this is who I am, take it or leave it. And I'm just going to roll the way that I roll. Well, I, and it's, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I promise I'm not bullshitting. You know, when I, when I say that, like, uh, I've always been, you know, secure and, and firm, you know, I, I have as much anxiety about the unicorn as I did working for Billy Crystal. Like, you know, I'm riddled with anxiety. And I, and I, to, to say that, you know, for any, any of your listeners or your followers, um, you know, no one, no one that I've met along uh, the course of my life. And I've met some pretty interesting people along the way. No one behind closed doors um, uh, has that uh, w without question. Right. I mean, that, that's a that's a part of what makes us human. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, what, it's what you do with, with those feelings. It's how you kind of process those feelings and, and persevere in the in, in the face of them. Like, you know, for me, it's 
it's daily, man. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God, I got it. What am I going to do right now? Just exhale, just be right here and, uh, and go forward. And the only thing that you can do is to be, to be present, you know, like that's really kind of it. But to go back to something you said earlier, I honestly, Colin, I, I didn't think about, I never, it was never about fame from, it was never about like, I never wanted to be, uh, I never thought about getting a movie. I never not, I never didn't think about getting a movie either. I never thought about getting a television show, but I didn't think of not think about it either. You, you know what I mean by that? Yeah. I just thought, I, you know, I mean, there were, you know, times and, you know, auditions, you know, early, you know, early on, I suppose, I, you know, it's like, that was the job. The, that was the job. Like that, I'm, I'm in a room and I want to, I want it to be believable for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I don't want to do a good job for them. You know, I want to do a good job for me. And if I don't, if I don't believe it, they won't believe it. You know, and it's like looking at like some assistant, like, like, like doing this thing. Like, I don't know. I think it was like a, some kind of sergeant or something like that. Or this, this audition or whatever. And, um, and this, this woman was chewing gum, you know, she was an assistant. And I said, I, I think like in the middle of whatever it was I was saying, I said, will you stop chewing that Fucking gum. Was the story in an audition? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I, and I, she just didn't know what to do with it. She was like, and no one, no wow. one, I didn't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, it was in the story, right? It was in the character and it was a part of the thing. And, mm -hmm. uh, and she stopped chewing gum and I had a great time. <laughs> I didn't get the job, but I didn't think about it. You know, yeah. it wasn't, I mean, I was there and it was, it wasn't that she was chewing gum that just was irritating, which it was extremely unprofessional, but you know, you turn yourself over to an imaginary set of circumstances and you're playing this guy. Mm -hmm. And that's what he would say to someone chewing gum in his presence. So I think, I think there are no, you know, there are no, uh, uh, there is not a single bullet. You know, for really kind of anything, oh, you got to get your focus back on. Yeah, I'm yeah. pulling my focus. You got to pull the focus back. Pull it back. Do oh. this. Ah. Gonna... Yeah. Oh, you got. There we go. There you Look are. at that. Face. We're back. You're back. Um, no, I. You know, there's not really kind of one. You know, one one thing, man. I, I I think it's different for everyone, and and that's what makes you know all of us special. You know, really, really, it's it's. I think when I, when I've had the most pain in my life, maybe you feel the same way is, um, is when I, when I kind of looked around me and, uh, and I, and I would watch someone's work that I really admired and, and it went from, um, admiration and adoration to jealousy, you know, and envy. And it's like, well, why, why, you know, why don't I, fuck, why don't I have that? Why, and why isn't that for me? You know, and um, and I and I, I let that go a the fact that they had booked a role. You know, I think it was kind of like uh, you know, uh, yeah, I think it's probably that. I think it's probably a lot of different things. It's like, well, you know, what what are they doing that I'm not doing? And and I don't think that's ever really the case. I don't, you know, uh, I mean, I suppose you could kind of say that about a business. What's a you know, well, why is his business succeeding and mine isn't? And, and I, you know, and I, and, but that, that, that's inward reflection. You don't have to, to, to take on 
those very negative emotions right into your into your experience you can look at someone's work you can look at someone's uh like a a, a rival business or the way in which somebody does something uh and instead of having kind of a negative kind of association with it mm -hmm. you know being extremely positive and it being something really really beautiful you know and, and learning learning from it yeah i think for whenever i was like going into auditions, whenever I knew that I did my best work, that I knew that, okay, this is when I walk out of, out of an audition yeah. and I felt like, you know what? I did what I, I wanted to do. I was in the moment. I did my work. I came, I felt connected. Whenever I walked out of those, those rooms, mm -hmm. it was almost as if I didn't care if I got the role or not, because I knew I, I, I did my part and I, I did what I love to do. And at that point, it's really up to, the acting God, so to speak. And one of my acting teachers mentioned that it's really not to you to get the role. Your job is to go in there and to be a service to the people in that room to help them find who's the best actor for that role. And that's what really took the pressure off in the sense of it's not about you when you go in there. It's about, well, like you said, you walked in there performing for yourself. Yeah. And you wanted to just have that experience for yourself. And it was every time that I walked in that room, trying to impress them or trying to be cute or, you know, be cool or act inauthentic and pretend that I had it all under control. Never got the job. Yeah. It was when I'd walk in and just be after like the thousandth audition and be like, Oh man, here I am. Take it or leave it. And they were like, yes, that's what we yeah, like. We'll that. Yeah. We'll take that. that. And what's great about you is every time I see you in your performances, you just, you are, you, you take it and you make it your own. It's never generic. There's always something unique and something, just something that only a Walton Goggins could do. And that's why I think oh, you've I stood the test of time because uh, even just doing a little research, I, I read about how your character in Justified was supposed to be killed off in the pilot. Isn't that right? Yeah, 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 that's right. And yeah. the test audience, so what they do for people who don't realize when we film movies or TV shows, they'll film it and then they'll send it to a test audience and then they actually grade the characters and rate the characters and the plot line. And, and your character and your performance had such great rating that they decided to not kill you off and keep you on the show. And that's just a, a true testament to who you are and, and your talent as an actor. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that experience and what that was like? Well, you know, it was kind of that, you know, that, that thing. I mean, you know, it was, you know, Justify was on FX and, um, and those, I, I, I love, I love each and every one of the people, you know, that, that run FX and they're like a, a family to me. I, I had done the shield on FX, which ran for seven years. And, um, and so, you know, between John Landgraf and Eric Schreier and Chuck Saffler, all, everybody um, over there, John Solberg, they were they're like family to me and um and so you know it was a uh, there were long conversations graham yost and and tim oliphant um yeah. uh you know kind of like going into this with our director michael dinner and you know to, to do this one episode it was only ever going to be one episode and and it was um you know it's based on the great elmore leonard you know the, the novelist short story is one of his short stories and uh but still it was a little i was a little um it was kind of like when I say one dimensional in the sense that, you know, it was, uh, I, you know, I'm from the South and I'm, I'm a little kind of, uh, I'm very, uh, 
careful about, you know, perpetuating a stereotype, you know, of, for anybody, any character that I've ever played is, is hopefully I've kind of tried to kind of rise above a stereo, a stereotype. And, um, and so they made those adjustments for me and, and we just had a great time, you know, really, it was just kind of really from the heart. And, um, and then, you know, when, when the, when they, you know, when we got done, they, they said, would you want to stay? And, and I said, you know, yeah, let's, I'd like to explore this friendship and see what it really means, you know? And, you know, I didn't know that that was going to be six, six more years of my life, but it was some of the, you know, best time of my life. It was, it was great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you also won an Academy Award. I, well, yes, with my with my partners, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a short film. We we made about four films together: um, Ray McKinnon and and Lisa Blunt, and um, and we did a, a the first thing we did was a short film called The Accountant, and uh, and it was uh, it was a great experience, you yeah, know. That's amazing. Yeah, and and I you know I'm so proud of every movie that we made. The first feature after that was a movie called Crystal, and um, this Sundance dramatic competition, and it's a uh, it's an extraordinary uh, hillbilly tale. And um, we did this movie called Randy the Mob, which was extraordinary, which was so much fun. Mm. And then we produced, uh, you know, um, another movie for a filmmaker. And and I had that, you know, the kind of that run. And, and it was, uh, I love it. I love being behind the camera as much as I like being in front of it. Yeah. So would you say that, I mean, obviously this, this partnership um, with, uh, who's your partner who you won the Academy Award with? Ray, Ray. Yeah. yeah. He's, you know, he's a, he's a treasure, you know, he's a, he's an actor, he's a character actor. He's been around for a long, an incredible, a very long time, had an illustrious yeah. career. And, um, and is one of the best writers that, that I know really yeah. extraordinary. And so this is what I write about in my book in terms of how to create your own luck. Mm. And people ask like, well, what is luck? Does luck really exist? Like how, how come some people seem to just get lucky every time, every time they, you know, they step outside their door and other people like, you know, they just can't catch a cold in, in, in an infirmary. Yeah. And what, what I've discovered with luck, it's, it's really about expanding your network as big as, as you possibly can, and then connecting with the right people. And I think some people are sometimes afraid to, to reach out and to ask for help or to, uh, especially in Hollywood, I found it very intimidating when I first got out there to, you know, try to, talk to established people and ask to see if they wanted to collaborate on anything. So mm -hmm. how did you form that partnership with Ray that blossomed into something where you guys were creating your own work? And I think um, just to piggyback on that, you didn't sit around and wait for that next audition. You, in addition to acting, you just kept going out and creating your own material, right? Yeah. 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 It was, it, it kind of was, yeah, it was, it was that, you know, and I, it's, it's so like that, like that is such a, uh, like a tough, but very easy, I think, question to answer. How do you, you know, how do you create luck? And I, I've always found that just work harder than everybody else in the room, you know, like that's what they can't take away from you. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I, I get an education, can't take it away from you. You know, whatever, whatever you do, like it, and any, not just like in, in kind of what we do, um, but, uh, and I, I suppose in a lot of businesses, but I know our business and, and work ethic, a work ethic is rewarded in the, in the film business. And, and it's not just, you know, in front of the camera. I mean, 
it, regardless of what department you, you know, if you're on the crew, <clears throat> what department you go in. Oh yeah. If you work harder than anybody else. You can bet you're going to get the next call and you will yep. a career and you will learn this craft and this trade and you will watch and you will listen. And, and, you know, the same, you know, the same for actors, the same for producers and the same for directors. It's, uh, you know, so much of it is what wakes a, a good human really, you know, what, what is, what is success in life? Uh, you know, um, uh, listening is a, is a big part of it mm -hmm. and like taking risks, you know, take, taking risks that are, <clears throat> that you don't want anything back from, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that may seem naive and, and I, I don't mean to, to seem, to, to seem naive, uh, kind of in that way, like from a business person's standpoint, mm -hmm. um, that, that is what I believe. I believe that, that if you kind of come from that place, and work harder than anyone else in the room, you know, and um, and and not be afraid to look like a fool, <laughs> like and and ask for help, you know. Like just come from your heart and and be don't 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 as as often as you can. And I have as difficult a time doing this as anybody else. Just don't come from your ego, you know. Yeah. If that if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so have you ever been like on set struggling with a scene or a line? and have had to ask a director or another actor for just some sort of insight in how to make it work? No, Colin, no. For me, no, <laughs> no, 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 I have my shit figured out. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> no, uh, good. You know, all, all the time, um, all the time, you know, when you kind of rub up against something, but 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 even you know, to kind of to speak to that, you know, the, the conversations that I have with, you know, the directors that, that I've had a chance to work with, and the support, you know, from those people is, uh, listen, I, I'm going to, I don't care about being right. I just want to touch every wall in this room. You know, I, I, I will give you, uh, you know, a, a lot of different options, but I believe that th these aren't random, you know, and they're not choices. It just, if you listen to people, things come out different every single time. Yeah. And, uh, or, or, or a proximity of that. And, um, and, and then, you know, you leave it to them to kind of fine tune the story that they want to tell. But, but for me, it's a sacred space. And, and what happens in between action and cut is, uh, you know, it's tantamount to going to church. You know, yeah. it's, it is a, it's grace to me. And, yeah. uh, but, but yeah, so, but I, God knows I hit road bumps all the time and, and you need help. You need help. Yeah. Yeah. So you just completed working with, uh, Mr. Mel Gibson. Yeah. Fat man. Yeah. 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 Why don't you tell us about that? Because this thing, I've seen the trailer and I can't wait to see it. What's this, uh, what's this movie about? You know, I'm, you know, it's about a lot of different things. I don't want to kind of ruin it for your audience, but, but you know, it's, uh, and I hate to say it's a Christmas movie for our times. Cause you know, we're, we're, we're all experiencing kind of, this is a dark time. But there's a, there's a lot of light in this world too, you know, as evident by how many people we see helping other people. But um, but it's uh, you know, these, these the Nelms brothers, um, Ian and Eshin Nelms, they uh, they they wrote this story of, about a reimagining of kind of Santa Claus and and putting him like in the world in which we live now. And you know, they had the audacity to create a world in which you know Santa Claus really exists, like he's. He's real. And, and, you know, you walk away from this movie saying, you know, yeah, uh, he is. I mean, his spirit is real and, and, and maybe mm -hmm. he's real. And, um, and it's, you know, a, a satire like um, 
on on how we uh, uh, how how we have all taken from Christmas, how we have co-opted this this sacred holiday and and turned it into something that it, it probably wasn't meant to be, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a it's a deep kind of commentary on a lot of different things. Um, and at the end of the day, if you don't want that soapbox, there's a whole lot of guns and a whole lot of shooting, and it's fun to <laughs> shoot it. And um, and it's just it's just strange and weird. And I like strange weird things. And these filmmakers took a chance. You know, that's the thing. You know, they talk about not being afraid of failing. They looked yeah. at it basically said, I don't care. This is what I want to do. And and I and I like that. And I think that's when something sublime can happen. And um, and I had a lot of fun on this movie, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, Michelle Kukta says it's a great movie. She saw it this weekend. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, I think it's okay to say because my best friend Todd is the producer of this, Mr. Yes. Todd Corney. Yeah. And uh, so Mel Gibson plays Santa Claus. And uh, this young kid gets coal in his stocking and then hires you who's the hitman to kill Santa Claus. Kill right? Santa Claus. That's yeah. it. You know, <laughs> Santa Claus uh, in distress. And um, you know, as there are rules in Santa's world and um, you can't give a bad kid a present. He has to give him a lump of coal. And this very wealthy kid gets uh, a, a lump of coal and, uh, and it pisses this rich kid <laughs> off. <laughs> and so he hires me. Yeah. Kill him. And and I've got my own axe to grind with you know this fat jolly man. Hey, he he pissed me off a long time ago too. Okay. So uh, you know there's there's an axe to grind and, and a price to be paid and 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 ultimately you know um, you'll have to watch it to find out who has to pay it. Yeah. So did you have many scenes with Mel during the film? I, some. You know I don't want yeah. to give that away to the audience, but. Um, okay. But but yeah, we spent some some time. Yeah, he's a, he's a he was great. Yeah, what's he like? What now? What's he like? Uh, he's one of the, the smartest uh, you know uh, people in the room. I mean, he's just uh, he's so unbelievably uh, uh, intelligent, and the way in which he kind of speaks about things. And um, yeah, and we had a we had a great time. Awesome, cool. Well, if you don't mind, I've got some questions from my audience here that I uh, took a little. Uh, poll earlier on Facebook Live. And my first question is from Miss Nadine Armstrong, and she wants to know what has been your favorite project? Uh, hey, Nadine. Um, you know, God, I mean, I, it's really, I, I don't mean to be coy uh, by saying, oh, you know, oh, it was, you know, I don't know. Uh, they're all my favorite, but they really kind of are. You know, I, I suppose, uh, you know, you look for like uh, things that kind of change your life. And, and, I, and I've had a lot of those things kind of happen in my life, but Probably, you know, the hateful eight um, working with Quentin um, a couple of times. And uh, I just I, I love the man and I respect the man as, as an artist. And um, and and he just does something to you, you know, like uh, being being on set with him and talking to him about about storytelling. And 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 it's just it makes you feel like you're a part of something much greater than yourself, you know, and you're just um, it's not about you. It's about a contribution to this craft. So um, to me, it would, it would probably be the hateful eight. Awesome. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino, one of my faves. Yep. True Romance is one of my favorite movies Believable. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mr. Will Wagner and Yuri Espinosa want to know what inspires you? 
Um, well, you know, different things have inspired me, right, uh, over the course of my life. But um, uh, my son inspires me um, uh, because, uh, you know, he is just a, he surprises me on a, on a daily basis with the way in which he looks at the world. Uh, Am I asking how old he is? He's nine. Okay. Yeah, nine years old, like uh, coming, in, coming into double digits here pretty soon. And uh, he's just, he's just cool, man. He's really, really cool. But, um, but you know, lit literature inspires me. Yeah. Stories inspire me. Um, you know, I just, I just read this, uh, I know I, I, you know, I, over the course of this whole experience, I mean, I think we've all kind of read a lot and, and um, I, you know, I read this great book by Christopher McDougall. I'm like a decade too late for it called born to run. Mm. And I kind of, you know, the thought about the way in which my attachment to running and I like running and, and, um, and that, that blew my mind. And then I, <clears throat> I read this unbelievable book called the leopard about, um, you know, um, 18th century, um, Italy, believe it or not, Naples and the reunification of Italy. And that it was so unbelievably well-written and, uh, in a world in which, you know, obviously I don't know very much about it at all. <clears throat> and that inspired me. I was watched, uh, um, you know, an episode of the crown last night with my family oh, and Olivia, amazing. you know, that's, that yeah. inspired me. Yeah. 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 It's great. Everywhere. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Um, next question, Nikki Clary and Eric Demmer, they, they want to know how you prepare for a role and what it's like to have to memorize lines. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> um, that's a great question. And I, you know, my, the teacher that I went to really, kind of referenced three people like um, over the course of, uh, of his class. It was very, very simple. His name's Harry Master George. And um, he is just one of the greatest uh, mentors one can have. And, you know, and he often, you know, uh, talked about Rob, Bob Duvall and, mm -hmm. and Jessica Tandy and Anthony Hopkins. And, and it was very simple. It's like, you know, acting or storytelling is a child's game. You know, you, you, uh, you know, you, you ask a child if they want to play Anne Boleyn and the child say, yeah. And the next question that they ask is, uh, well, who's Anne Boleyn? Right. And, and so that's it. You know, for me, it's turning yourself over to an imaginary set of circumstances. But in order to do that, I like Tony Hopkins. Uh, I worked with Tony and and I asked him if this was true. And he said, yeah. You know, he reads the script like 250 times, uh, 300 times. It takes about two, two and a half hours to read it. So, you know, you do the work. That's yeah. about, you know, 700 hours of work. And, um, and, and that's, that's what I do if, if I get the opportunity to do it. And if, you know, and if I, I get with as much time as I have, I read the script over and over again. And all that does is it allows you to not think about the words anymore, yeah. but to go into a place in your imagination that, that you never would have gone to before. Yeah. And, you know, people always ask, you know, I'm not confident. You know, I don't have confidence. How can I get confidence? And honestly, the, the only times that I've had been truly confident is when I've done the work, when I have worked at it so hard where I know that script inside and out or whether it's. Oh, did we freeze? Oh, Colin. There you are. Oh, we there? Yeah, we're there. Yeah, I think we froze up for a little bit. So it comes down to confidence comes from putting in the work and just like you said earlier, just outworking everyone else. Yeah, 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 that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so Across wants to know, what are some of your holiday traditions, Walton? 
Hey, man. Hey, come on. That's awesome. Uh, wow. Um, you know, we, we, we have a, we have a few, uh, the advent calendar is a big one. Okay. Like Thanksgiving. So we get an advent calendar this year. Yeah. 30 days of opening up, like leading to the 25 days leading to the day. Um, that's, that's, that's a big one. Um, uh, walks like, like a hike on, um, after opening presents on Christmas morning is, is a really, really big one. Opening that one present on, on Christmas Eve. Uh, is uh, is is a, a really big one? Yeah, we do that too. Do you? Yeah, that's yeah. the best, man. That's like yeah. that's the best present ever. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What are some of yours, man? What What are some of your holiday traditions? You know, it's been it's been great because uh, my older sister has four girls, and my younger brother has a girl and two boys. Yeah. And wow. Just to be able to experience Christmas again through the eyes of little kids. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's the best, man. It's like when they come and wake you up at seven o'clock in the morning and they're like, Santa came and, you know, we were up the night before, you know, drinking scotch and I'm writing out Santa Claus letters and like, you know, biting, eating the carrot and the, the cookies and yeah. leaving the notes and the crumbs. And, and you know, uh, one year I dressed up as Santa Claus and went outside and I was like in the yard, just waving to all the kids that were in the windows. I mean, it's, it's so awesome. cool, dude. I, yeah. I love it yeah. all, man. I love it all. Yeah, that glass yeah. of wine. You know that glass of wine with my wife after, you know, everything is kind of done and just, uh, you know, you're tired. Like Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Eve you're so tired. It's just so A little wrap up. And then that yeah. night's sleep, you know, is like, I'm out. <laughs> and, uh, and to get that little thing in the morning. Hey, hey, hey. Yes. Yeah. He's here. He came. What? Oh, what? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Yeah. Speaking of for one more, Colin, my son is uh, uh, about back with my wife, man. Oh, so okay. Talk, right. I, I can talk to you all night. Yeah, no, all good, man. Uh, but real quick, just wanted to uh, to mention, speaking of uh, some spirits, um, you started your own beverage company, right? Yeah, yeah. Just in, like that's for your holiday. That's my tradition. Um, yeah. We have a yes. I have a whiskey, a gin, and a vodka with my partner, and it's called uh, Moholland Moholland Distilling. And you know, it's like you know, for your audience, and you, you talk about like I guess like inspiration or how do you kind of begin? And, and for us, it took us about four years to bring it to market, and then we really took our time um, with it, and we wanted it to be right. Um, it wasn't a reaction to like it's not a like a celebrity driven brand or something like that. I don't I don't consider myself a celebrity at all. Um, it was really because I I enjoy drinking alcohol, but really I enjoy drinking for one reason and one reason only, and it's a gateway to vulnerability. You know, really, it's a uh, uh, it's just uh, it, it allows people, I think. To, to get really intimate and, and to talk about life and the meaning of life and the things that are kind of around, uh, you know, that, are, that happen to you. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, I spend a lot of my time on the road and, um, and I, and I find my, you know, you find your local grocery store and I, and I find my, my local bar and, um, and the wait staff and the, and the bartender become like a, a home away from home for me, you know, family. And yeah. after a long day of work, you know, I have a glass of wine or a drink. Yeah. Uh, to unwind. And I think, you know, a lot of people um, that, that work in a number of different ways uh, that experience stress on any level, you know, have a way in which they kind of segue from their work life into their civilian life. 
Yeah. Um, so I love it. And I, and I've been making cocktails my, my whole life. I enjoy, it's my contribution to a party. And, um, and during justified, I was asked to kind of maybe represent some brands, but that didn't feel right. But this, this, this did. And so we set out, um, and we've been in the market for about four years and are, uh, mostly uh, all over California and are in, I don't know, 250 restaurants and bars and, you know, some of the best mixology kind of bars in, in the state and Whole Foods and BevMo and, and all the rest. And, and then the pandemic really hurt, hurt our community and, uh, and so we've been doing everything we can to, to help the people that, that are in need kind of in, in our, in our cities and uh, certainly in Los Angeles where we live now. And, um, but, but we're making it and we're holding strong and, we're, we're actually about to open up in, um, in nine other states. So, so we, you know, we've done, we've done okay. And, and we make it, uh, you know, for us, it's a, it's beyond a quality product. It's, these are double gold winners from San Francisco spirits competition. Awesome. Our gin is, and, uh, and we, we, we give people uh, a, a bigger bang for their buck. You know, the bottles are beautiful and, and what's inside of it is, is uh, what's inside of it is even more than beautiful. It's delicious. You, is it coming to Illinois? <clears throat> you know, I, I Dude, you got to bring it here, man. I got to, I got to promote it for you here. We'll be there soon, man. Yeah. 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 It's, a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I got to say, you do make a cocktail in style. I've seen, uh, for those of you who haven't followed Walton on Instagram yet, he does really great videos on mixing a craft cocktail. It just makes you just want to like reach into your phone and grab it and take a sip, man. You do you do everything with style, Walton. I gotta, I gotta give it to you, buddy. To this, this interview, I was or not even an interview. It's just a conversation, and now yeah. it's a conversation between friends. Thank you very much for taking I the time. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And if there was uh, one last thing that uh, you could impart upon people out there who are, uh, you know, are looking to pursue their dream, who you know are facing maybe some challenges in their life and are just you know, needing a little bit of a, you know, a little inspirational message to just go after what they, what really matters to them. What would you say? Well, I, um, I, a friend of mine sitting on this rock in, in South Africa, <laughs> oddly enough, uh, not that long ago, only about, uh, you know, a, a couple of years ago, maybe, maybe a year and a half ago, you know, we were sitting there and I was asking him this very question. And, um, and he looked at me and he said, you know what I, what someone told me that I have committed my life to doing, and that is saying yes in life more than you say no. And, and, and that simple act of saying yes to an opportunity. And I have to tell him, remind myself to do this all the time as insignificant as that opportunity may seem, Mm -hmm. uh, or as inconvenient <clears throat> as that invitation or opportunity may seem, it might just be the very thing that you need. And, um, and, and I, you know, wake up tomorrow and commit to saying yes in life more than you say no. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's really helped me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for your audience, man. What a, what a joy this has been really. You're doing something very positive for the world. And, um, and it's really nice to meet you, Colin. You too, Walton. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your night. And uh, I'm putting it out there. We're going to be working together soon. Yes, we will, my man. All right. Your town or mine. All right, brother. Anywhere. Bye -bye. Anywhere. All right, buddy. Take care. 
Wow. What an awesome dude, man. You know, I just consider myself one of the luckiest people on the planet because I just, uh, I'm so fortunate to be able to have amazing conversations with people like Walton. And uh, I just can't thank you guys enough for being here and being a part of all of this for your questions, for your contribution. And, uh, you know, I just, I just love keeping building on this community. And for those of you who are out there and who are questioning what it is that uh, you're you know, what your purpose is in life, or you know what it is, but you're not sure of how to make it happen. Um, I think Walton left us with some really good insight with regards to just saying yes. And as, as scary as it is, and you heard him, you know, say it himself. I mean, he has anxiety every time he, you know, works still after 30 years of working in, you know, Hollywood, he still gets anxious. He still gets anxiety, but it's one of those things where you can either let that anxiety and that fear stop you, or you can use it to fuel what you're passionate about. If it doesn't scare you, then it's not important. If it's too easy, then why do it? The things in life that are the most difficult are the most rewarding. So I would encourage you to just step out of your comfort zone, go after what it is that you, you care about. We only have one chance on this, you know, in this life. And, you know, with the holidays coming up, if you feel like you want to share some of this inspiration, by all means, makes a great little stocking stuffer. Um, and if you're looking to uh, just be a part of a community that is incredibly supportive and inspirational and motivational, feel free to, uh, to check out my website. You can email me at info at colinagglesfield.com. Uh, we just started our 90 day challenge, which is all about getting into uh, better health and wellness and living your best self. And I uh, just want to thank you again for being here again on this amazing Monday. I wish you guys all the best for the rest of the week. Um, go out there, spread your joy, spread your love, and uh, just be the authentic you. And uh, I'll see you next week. Take care for now, guys. Thank you.